ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Friday, January 13th edition. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. The phone line this hour is our text number. That is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. You want to be a part of today's edition. We are going to look back on that Marshall game with Southern Miss here in just a moment. We're also going to look ahead to tomorrow's contest with Old Dominion. That is coming up. That's going to be a 7 o'clock game, 6 o'clock airtime here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 as the Thundering Herd getting the win over Southern Miss National TV. 9 o'clock start time. I know all of you were excited to be ready and well-rested, got your naps in, right? Uh, it wasn't a sellout, but it was a pretty good crowd. It, w- it was a really loud crowd. The atmosphere was fun. I'll give it to the fans. The atmosphere was fun. The students were involved. I know the university is trying to create, generate some atmosphere at home games and doing some promotions. And you know, I think the students responded well. I mean, when you have the president university giving out a gift card, if someone did the worm all across the court, I didn't know how that was going to end. It ended okay. Uh, there were lots of other neat ideas, games, prizes, things like that. You know, get the students involved. And, and I just thought it was, a, it was a good atmosphere last night. Hopefully that will continue. That's not going to be just a one-off. You know, we're going to see, we're going to see hopefully um, more of an effort to, to really generate excitement for basketball. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting stuff yesterday. Um, yesterday was a late night for us, uh, so uh, we did get some text in last night on our, our post game. I didn't get a chance to get to. Uh, some of you said most complete game all season. Uh, the student section was electric. Uh, bring on the Monarchs. It's going to be a sellout. Um, someone else wrote in yesterday and said that the, the herd missed Obina out there. The whole second half, he was out. Uh, I don't think he was giving you any value, to be honest with you. I don't think he was he was given value. That's why you didn't see much of him. To be fair, another one from our text line was there are only two things that stop the herd from winning the Sun Belt this season: one, energy, effort, and two, free throws. And maybe the Sun Belt officials. Uh, let's hope the officials don't cause anything. A free throw line for the Thundering Herd. It was uh, it was interesting, to say the least. Uh, Thundering Herd. I'm looking at the official box here. And honestly, uh, I really thought that it wasn't a factor. I didn't think free throws were a factor last night. Just just to be honest, I don't think free throws were a true factor. I thought defense was a, a factor in this one. 
Let's see, what else did I get from the text line yesterday? Again, it was a late night yesterday. Uh, we got out of there about midnight. And um, Texter is saying that if uh, basketball doesn't work out for Kinsey, do you think he'd be good on the radio? Well, he is interning with our company. Uh, I had him on initially, and then with his uh, basketball schedule interfering, he's doing the mornings. So I don't have him really as a, you know as an option for the show right now. He's got that basketball thing. Our text line three zero four three nine six talk three zero four three nine six eight two five five. So that's some of the stuff I wanted to clear from yesterday, last night, this morning, where where whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's going to be a better crowd on Saturday. But that was a strong crowd. That was a good crowd. Good performance. I honestly thought that um, the herd fans were loud into it. There was energy. It looked good on TV. I got a lot of that yesterday. Hey, hey, this looks good on TV, Paul. Yeah, it did look good on TV. Yeah, the court looks nice. It pops. And I'd do a thing or two different when the new refresh comes. But overall, it looked pretty good. And I'm sure there will be some more revisions, refreshes, paint, paint. I'm sure more things are coming to the Henderson Center. I'm sure we're not done by any stretch of the imagination. I want to I want to do some things with those seats. I want to get those seats out of there. Get some color appropriate seats for the Henderson Center. That's what I like to see. Some color appropriate seats for the Henderson Center. Honestly, I'd like to see and I've mentioned this before. I I want to see the seating rounded a little bit more, more of a bowl. A little bit more. I don't know how you would go about that. Just make those end zones uh, a little bit more rounded. Come up with a way to, to do that. I don't know if that's going to be a major overhaul or not, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of the end zones, how they're configured now. But I do agree with tarping off the seats up top, formerly known as Herd Heaven, I'm good with that. Those were terrible seats to begin with. And so I'm hoping that we see more consistency with the crowds, 5,000. I would like to see Marshall consistently hitting 5,000 fans. It really felt good in there. It, just, it, was, it was a great atmosphere. And so the herd in action tomorrow, final game of what has been a three-game homestand. And something else is going to happen tomorrow. They're going to honor the football team for the win at the Myrtle Beach Bowl. You're going to have an opportunity to get there early if you can. Photos and autographs with the team and the trophy before the game. And that is going to happen for this one. And, of course, you get a chance to see uh, really uh, what's been an exciting brand of basketball as of late. And we haven't talked enough about Micah Han-Logden. Seventh double-double. I think this is what he's third in a row. Third in a row. Seventh double-double. He is the top guy. He's the top guy. This He's he's in a tie, but he's still the top guy. 
in a tie for first among NCAA Division I men's basketball freshmen in double-doubles this season, according to the latest game release I got. And Old Dominion's going to come in here mad. They're going to come in here mad because they melted down yesterday. I don't know what happened with them. They melted down. So we're going to try to figure that out together when we continue. I've got coming up one of the uh, one of the guys that cover Old Dominion on the beat, David Hall from the Virginian Pilot. He's going to join us here in the next couple minutes, so we're going to talk to him. And uh, we're going to get an idea of what's happening with Old Dominion. We'll do that when we continue on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday, January 13th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Yesterday, it was a late night one for the Thundering Herd, and while Herd fans were ooing and eyeing the Marshall victory over Southern Miss, Another game that caught everyone's attention was Coastal Carolina and Old Dominion. Old Dominion, the next opponent for the Thundering Herd, losing to Coastal Carolina 67-66. And if you were with us yesterday during our postgame, Dan and Tony even mentioned they were watching some of this action and, and trying to figure out what was going on. And to help us do that, we haven't talked to him in a while, and it's great to bring him back. David Hall from the Virginian Pilot is with us. And yeah, first of all, good talk to you again. It's it's nice to have a, a conference USA brethren with me uh, here in the Sun Belt. Is uh, you know, I know uh, basketball maybe is getting not got off to the best start, but how's the Sun Belt been for you so far with uh, with everything? Really good so far. I mean, uh, I enjoyed the football season, and despite uh, how poorly ODU played and underperformed, really considering they had 17 starters back from a team that. Went to a bowl last year, um, but yeah, get, going around the league was was great. I mean, Coastal Carolina, you can't beat that. Um, especially you go there in the middle of October when the, the weather's still nice, you can stay on the around the beach for nothing. So that I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, as far as basketball, I think it's anybody's to win. I mean, it, you look at this league; there are only three teams with overall losing records, and um, a lot of a lot of solid starts in the non-conference portion, so we'll we'll see how they how they go against each other. Is there maybe a renewed excitement for basketball? I know surrounding the Marshall program, you know, Marshall's off to a great start, and, and there is that new energy. And have you felt that yet for uh, Old Dominion? You know, Old Dominion was picked to finish last in Sunbelt, and they're ten and seven right now overall, two and three in the conference. Um, I think if you had told them before the season that they would be ten and seven through. 17 games, they are, they are taking it. Um, I don't think the expectations were particularly high going into the season. They had uh, seven new players. So they spent uh, the week leading up to the season basically microwaving their uh, camaraderie. They spent a lot of time at bowling alleys. They went to movies together. They went to, to one concert together. They hung out at each other's apartments and uh, just kind of uh, got to know each other. And it, it's shown on the court. 
Yesterday, we were watching this game a little bit from afar, just keeping an eye on it. And what happened? You know, there. Um, that's a good question for for someone who was watching it from afar. What happened? Well, I was watching it from very close up. Um, in fact, I almost had a couple of guys run into me. Um, ODU was ahead by 12 points, 50-38 with nine minutes to go. Game seemed pretty much in hand, and then Coastal started chipping away at it, and then before you know it, the, the lead was down to seven, then it was down to five, then it was back to nine, and then down to three, and then you're like, uh-oh, this thing could really get away. And um, with 1.2 seconds left, with um, Coastal down by two, Coastal attempted a three-pointer from the corner, uh, one of the ODU's players contested it. The replay showed no contact hand-to-hand. What the guy did is the old trick where you jump up to shoot and stick out a leg to initiate contact, and the ref fell for it. Um, and the guy went to the free-throw line for three shots, made all three. ODU had one last chance, got the ball in. The guy got a pretty decent running look from half court and took a shot and went off the rim, and that was it. That was that. And, ODU's players were so upset that they didn't even stick around for postgame. So they couldn't even talk to them. Jeff Jones, the coach, was very matter-of-fact, as he always is. He said it was just an example of if you don't finish and you keep giving teams opportunities, it's going to bite you in behind. And and that's what happened. Um, Yeah, they led pretty much the whole game until 1.2 seconds were left. And I, I don't recall ever seeing a game end like that in person. It was, it was quite odd. Do you anticipate an angry bunch coming in Huntington for for the game tomorrow? Um, how does this team usually respond when you know they face adversity or or maybe lose one that they feel they shouldn't have? How have they responded in the past? Well, I'll put it this way: they have not lost two straight all season, um, and I can tell you that uh, Jeff said last night that that was the worst loss of the season so far. <clears throat> Most disappointing, um, the, the angriest they've been after a game. Um, it, I think they'll be extremely fired up. They, they, you know, had today to go to class and then get on a plane and uh, watch film, and I'm sure they have uh, broken that that game down as much as they have any. So I'd, I'd be surprised if they're not prepared tomorrow. Joining us is David Hall. We haven't talked to him in a long time. It's good to get him back from the Virginian pilot. Marshall taking on ODU. To be fair to ODU, a little shorthanded uh, with the depth chart as of late with uh, at least what, a, a, one or two injuries that I'm aware of, right? Yeah, and one of them was one of, one of those really freaky things. Um, Emo Essien, point guard, uh, last Saturday at Georgia Southern, I believe. Um, about seven minutes into the game, he was – didn't have the ball. He was just standing there and all of a sudden doubled over at the waist and fell back on his behind and couldn't breathe. He said it was like breathing through a straw. Um, and so he's been out ever since. Uh, Jeff anticipates him being out at least two weeks uh, beginning this past Monday um, as they he goes through a battery of tests. They started with a cardiologist to rule, rule that out. And then uh, they looked at his re- respiratory system, and they're they're going right down the line until they can pinpoint something. It's just one of those freak things that nobody can figure out. It's you know, it's like I told Jeff at practice the other day. It's an injury you can't see, and you know, it, it's not. He said, you know, it's not an ankle, it's not a knee. It's something you can't see and something you can't identify. So he 
he keeps reiterating, I'm a basketball coach. I'm not going to try to answer medical questions or, or, or speculate, but um, that hurt him depth wise for sure. Um, just in terms of his leadership on the floor and uh, his ability to distribute the ball. Um, but Emo is in good spirits. He was at the game last night in, in street clothes and uh, said he feels fine. So uh, hopefully everything checks out. Joining us is David Hall from the Virginian Pilot Marshall taking on Old Dominion. So yeah, if Old Dominion is playing its best basketball, what can Herd fans expect to see tomorrow if, and I anticipate this, that they're back on point and at least they're playing a lot better than what they did? Um, probably they're making some threes. They had a real hard time with that last night. I think they, at one point, were two for 22 from three-point range last night. They finished 5 of 25, something like that. Um, and when, they, when they're not making them, I guess to their credit or to their hard-headedness, that maybe they, they keep shooting it. So um, when they are making them, they're a lot tougher to deal with. Um, you'll see a post player uh, named uh, Tyreek Scott Grayson. He's their leading scorer, 14.8 points a game. Uh, he's... Uh, He's a guy you gotta you gotta keep an eye on. Number eleven, he's got uh, nice length. He's a good slasher. Um, let's see, uh, a guy I like is D'Amico. Uh, I can't think of his last name. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his last name. Dorico Williams. I'm sorry. It happens to all of us, man. It happens to all of us. Dorico comes from Kinston, North Carolina, which. Some fans might know as sort of the biggest basketball hotbed in America. The statistics for kids playing at Kinston High School who appear in the NBA at some point, the, the percentage is infinitely higher than it is nationally. Um, and he's a, a transfer who – I'm told he had an offer from North Carolina out of high school, but um, – I haven't verified that yet, uh, but he's he's a a busy guy. He's he's you know, versatile. He can shoot. He can drive. Play defense. Um, uh, he's just he's been impressive to me so far. Looking over this game, kind of get a feel for this team. Uh, one thing that I did notice was uh, not very often will the other team be able to take advantage of takeaways. Um, this team seems to be really solid as if controlling the ball, keeping keeping it, not turning it over. Is that just a byproduct of, of what they're trying to do, or are they you know, really good at just hanging on to the ball? You know, why are they so good at protecting the ball? I think Jeff really stresses good shot selection, as, as probably pretty much every coach does. But he, he's known as a teacher of the game. And uh, that's something they work on a lot in practice, uh, keeping the ball moving. Um, also, defensively, they, they get a lot of hands on balls that you don't think they're going to get hands on. And that, that, of course, doesn't always lead to a steal, but often they, they knock, knock the ball to a teammate, and uh, that's resulted in, I think they have 186 turnovers and their opponents have 218. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a pretty good margin, I think. My guest joining us from the Virginian Pilot is David Hall. 
It's been a long time, David. We haven't talked to you. I think what we missed the whole, pretty much the the legal battle, I think, between the Sun Belt and Marshall and, and Old Dominion and Southern Miss and Conference USA. I think we missed all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that was a, that was fun. But uh, it's been, I think, it's been fun just to see what the Conference USA teams have been able to bring, and Old Dominion included, on the basketball side of this league. I think the basketball has gotten a lot better, and, and that's due in part to Southern Miss, Marshall, Old Dominion's right there. I, uh, I keep them included there and, and JMU. So, uh, so far it feels like it's been a beneficial move, maybe more so for basketball than it has been for football. Yeah, and uh, one thing I, I always think of when I think about this move is at the introductory press conference when they, when they announced it, <clears throat> excuse me, at ODU, the athletic director, Wood Thiele, said in a speech, for all these years, people have come up to me every day and said, what, what channel is the game on tonight? And because of the deal with ESPN, he, does, he doesn't have to answer that question anymore. It's always on some ESPN platform. Um, and that's been, uh, I think, a huge benefit. And obviously the, the financial benefits of that will, will be reaped down the line. Um, I remember talking to Dr. Seelig about some of the uh, little-known aspects of changing conferences, and he, he brought up something that I never thought of. Um, think of all the places they used to have Conference USA logos, from gym floors to uh, rafters to T-shirts to golf shirts. I mean, th- that thing was on everything, so they had to wipe that all away and, and replace it with a Sunbelt logo. And I, I thought that was a, an interesting aspect of it. Yeah, Marshall's used that opportunity just to trash everything and, and repaint and and, and re-logo <laughs> and everything. You know, new new field, uh, new turf for the football stadium, new court at the Henderson Center. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they've just they've used that opportunity just to go ahead and go shopping. So I'm sure Old Dominion's maybe uh, <laughs> done that as well here, uh, just just to get some new merch and just get a few new things here. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, and <clears throat> excuse me, Old Dominion already had a basically new football stadium that was raised. The same, the old stadium was raised in 2019. In a period of about six months, I believe they rebuilt the around the same field with the state of the art um, stadium, SB Ballard, and uh, that's been really well received. It's if, I don't know if you'd ever been in the press box at the old stadium, but man, you know it was it was the old trailer in the sky. Um, now there's plenty of room up there and a nice spread of food. And it's it's uh, it's a different experience now. My guest is David Hall from the Virginian Pilot. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to be you won't get to come to Huntington. You're going to be working, of course, tomorrow uh, covering your beat. Uh, as all uh, reporters do, you've got multiple beats to cover all at the same time. So I uh, wish we could get you back to Huntington uh, sometime soon. But uh, this should be a yeah. fun one. Uh, and, hey, as you mentioned, we can all watch it tomorrow at ESPN+, Plus, something we couldn't do in the past uh, consistently. That's been, uh, that's been really nice. Um, even, even for games when, I, when I'm not going to a road game and I'm just home, I'm not covering something else, it's, it's been neat that I've been able to – easily find Old Dominion's games on, on TV. Yeah, and, and the plus is that uh, we can go back and watch them again if it's really a good one. That's right. Yeah. I, 
I recommend watching the last nine minutes of that game last night. <laughs> You've probably never seen anything like it. I'm probably going to go back and watch it tonight and uh, you know, just so I, I have it fresh in my mind tomorrow, uh, right after I watch the Marshall game because – uh, when's the last time that you've seen Southern Miss uh, really handled like that? I you've you've seen Southern Miss a lot. I've seen them a lot. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen a Marshall team handle them like that, and uh, that's kind of rare for them to to really go down like that. Well, I'm sure that got Jeff Jones' attention. Um, that, that, again, that, that's yet one more one more reason that that ODU should be prepared. Should be a fun one. We've got it coming up tomorrow, 7 o'clock, and it's going to be ESPN+. And, of course, for the fans here uh, home in Huntington, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 and 93.7 The Dog. David, good talking to you again. Sorry we can't get you back in Huntington for this one, but uh, hopefully here in the near future we get you back up for a visit and uh, look forward to chatting with you here in the future. It feels inevitable that I'll be there. Um, <laughs> and I, I'd, be, I'd be remiss if I didn't urge your uh, listeners to – Go to pilotonline.com, and if you want to read about that game last night, it's uh, hopefully it reads uh, as exciting as it was. <laughs> I um, I think a lot of herd fans will have already checked that out. And to be to be honest, anytime there was big news in Conference USA, if you didn't go to your website and see what coverage was happening there, you were missing a big chunk of it because. For a lot of herd fans, we all know that things were breaking. The Virginian pilot had a lot of it, so and that continues, I'm sure, in the Sun Belt, or that will continue at least. Well, we hope so, and that's that's very kind of you. Appreciate it. Yeah, you guys are um, yeah, you guys are some of the best uh, in the Conference USA, and I know that's going to continue in the Sun Belt. And uh, I appreciate you doing this again today, David, and uh, we'll do it again real soon. My pleasure. Anytime. That is David Hall. He is from the Virginian Pilot. You can check out the Virginian Pilot online and get a recap of what happened last night between Old Dominion and Coastal Carolina. And, of course, we got the game again for you tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 and 93.7 The Dog. We will take some of your text and we will answer your questions. That is coming up. Text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. With more coming up, I'm your host, Paul Swan, on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday, January 13th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. You can text the program this hour, 304-396-TALK. That is 304-396-8255. Coming from the text line, Sunbelt seems like a total toss-up. Marshall needs to be more consistent if they want a regular season crown. If they don't put together a nice run going into February, our only chance at the big dance is winning the conference tourney. Neither will be easy. Keyword consistency. Let's go herd. You beat Southern Miss, so my expectations rose instantly. My expectations rose. Uh, Marshall is... Right now, I glanced at it. Highest ranked 
team in the net from the Sun Belt, also in the Ken Palm numbers. Uh, this was a, a good Quadrant 2 win for Marshall. So this is a, a, a Quadrant 2 matchup, and it was a Quad 2 win. So that that helps. Yeah. Ultimately, you got to win the conference. You win the conference, you get your shot at the NIT if it doesn't go your way in the uh, conference tournament and the NCAA doesn't take you as an at-large. So win the conference, guarantee you at least uh, a a good postseason tournament. And then just go ahead and win the tournament, get into the NCAA tournament. Easy, right? Simple, easy. Makes sense. Maybe you, you get seated a little higher, get a better draw. I know we're looking ahead. We're looking far ahead. We still have some action to go. And uh, keep this in mind, after today, you only have four more opportunities to uh, see the herd in action on the home court. Just keep that in mind. So, you know, if you are on the fence about coming to a herd game, yeah, you got a few more opportunities, and that's going to be it. Uh, from the text line, I was talking earlier about uh, maybe fixing up the Henderson Center a little bit more because I anticipate some things happening. And I'm just – I'm just saying that I anticipate it. I don't have any major insider knowledge on this one. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to gut anything and redo it. I'm sure they're going to look for all the opportunities they can to uh, increase uh, opportunities for revenue to come in, and that includes maybe providing opportunities for fans to improve their experience. I'm, I'm just, again, I'm speculating. Uh, from our text line, um, listener says, bulldoze it. Talking about the Henderson Center, just bulldoze it. We need a new Intuit basketball arena. I like the idea, but I'm going to be honest with you here. Not if that's going to jack up my yearly use of TurboTax. We'll get a different sponsor. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to be paying the Cam Henderson fee, the Cam Henderson Center fee on my TurboTax bill. I need every penny I can get. So, if they've got some slush money, they can throw the herd's way. That's fine. We'll build it, the Intuit Basketball Arena. You know, maybe we can talk to Brad from Canova. He knows some folks out here at Intuit. Maybe he can, he can help foster that relationship, get some of that Intuit money over into the Henderson Center, a new a new center, the Intuit Center. What do you think in the short term? In the short term, let me preface this one more time so you understand what I'm saying. In the short term, before a new arena is ever built, that you sell naming rights to the Henderson Center and no longer is it the Cam Henderson Center. Using the example provided, maybe it's the Intuit Center. The TurboTax Arena. You know, Paul Brown Stadium is now Paycor Stadium. What if Marshall started looking at ways to 
bring some extra revenue in, do some branding deals, bring some some yearly money into Huntington. So all of a sudden, it's not the Cam Henderson Center anymore. It's the Intuit Center, TurboTax Arena, whatever you want to call it. But, and this is the but, you put a statue out of the old man, Cam Henderson. You've had this sort of like this monument park you're, you're kind of trying to build here. you got the Hal Greer statue out there. So why not Cam Henderson have the old man out there, have, a, have, have him, which I'm sure some of you right now, don't know enough about Cam Henderson other than that's the name of the arena. And this was the case when I was a student in 91. We're at then Marshall University Stadium. It's it's brand new. New Hampshire is coming to town. That was the game. Marshall opened up with New Hampshire. I was a student at Marshall University. And I got there. I was a student also uh, that was a member of WMUL. So uh, I'm there with... You know, my, my friends from the campus radio station, and we're, we're attending the game. We're on the front row on the visitor side, maybe like the 10-yard line, and we're talking about this place, and the conversation came up about Cam Henderson, and the question is, why is the football coach, why, why is the football coach's name on the basketball arena? And this was 1991. 1991. 1991. And this was a question. Now, to be fair, to be fair, the uh, individual who asked me this question, who's, who wanted to know this, uh, was not a Hunnetonian. So, not common knowledge. But... Would you be able to envision a future where Cam Henderson's name is taken off the arena and you have a naming partner have a different name on the Henderson Center? So instead of going to the Cam, we're going to the Intuit. Same thing with with Joan C. Edwards Stadium. Do you envision a day in the near future where Joan C. Edwards' name comes off the stadium in favor of a sponsor? And I'm not talking uh, – I, I don't want small dollars here. You're not taking Joan's name off without bigger dollars. I'm not – I don't want to see small – no. Multi-year deal. Multiple dollars yearly because think of all the branding you're going to get. All if Marshall really takes off in the Sun Belt, as far as football is concerned, and basketball, you know, there's going to be more TV opportunities, obviously. But uh, you know, every week, you know, Marshall versus Appalachian State from TurboTax Stadium. Would that be a, a way to generate some new revenue, bring into the 
to the athletic department. Yeah. Is it being talked about? Is it being considered? Would it be considered if it's not being talked about right now? Because with respect to the names that are on those facilities right now, uh, this is a new age and a new way of doing things. And if you can generate large sums of cash on a yearly basis by changing the name of the arena or the stadium, then you got to take that deal. And then eventually you bulldoze it as our, our texter said, bulldoze it, get the new arena. I mean, what about the baseball park? Could you see some some dollars being thrown at that to put a, a corporate name on it? I mean, I get it. You want to honor people, and I, I 100% am on board with that. Uh, the only place I wouldn't touch, I maybe I wouldn't touch Dot Hicks Field. I wouldn't touch the Dot. I mean, you got Hoops Family Field. So Hoops Family Field. You could have someone else come in, or you can jack the price up a little bit more and get some of that corporate dollar. I mean, you have Mountain Health Arena in Huntington. What about a different entity with West Virginia ties? Maybe. Wanting to put its name on one of these facilities, the football stadium, the the basketball arena, the baseball park. And you can make some dollars off of that. And it's going to happen eventually when you start building these new arenas you know, in the future. You know, one day there will not be what we know as the Cam Anderson Center as the basketball arena for the herd. One day. Will it happen in my lifetime? I don't know. But one day, it's basketball will not be played at the Cam Henderson Center one day. And so do you take the opportunity to generate revenue just on the name alone? On the name alone. So, yes, I think Marshall definitely needs a new arena. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Let's get the baseball park built first. Baseball park built first. Let's do some things with the current arena you have. Make it as, as great as you possibly can. Spruce it up the best you can. Modernize it the best you can as you're looking toward the future of arenas. And I would try to find some dollar opportunities here find some corporate dollars and I would I would change the name. You could probably find a way to incorporate Cam Henderson's name into if you change the arena. You could you could you could try to find a way. There's got to be a way. But here in 2022 it's it's moving forward and I'm sorry, 2023, flip the calendar. In 2023 it's getting to the point where we're looking for new revenue streams because you have name, image, likeness. You have a whole different landscape out there. So what do you do? Well, 
one thing that's worked is naming your facilities after people who are willing to spend a lot of money. And yes, uh, Joan C. Edwards was a a great patron of Marshall University, but is that in is that her name on there in, in perpetuity, or are there some opportunities to change the name of the football stadium, generate large sums of money that will help the athletic department? Think on it. Think on it. Final segment coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're closing out today's edition of The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back with you tomorrow. Six o'clock for our pregame coverage. Marshall and Old Dominion, that is coming up. Seven o'clock is going to be tip. We've got the game for you here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 and 93.7 The Dog. And after the game, you can, of course, you can listen to our postgame conversation, vent session, celebration, whatever it's going to be. We'll find out. That's coming up tomorrow. And, of course, also uh, we got NFL football as well. So um, you know, keep it locked. We've got you covered. Uh, the Bengals are coming up this weekend as well. Uh, we got a busy weekend. So thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.